Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. Along with the new millennium came a wave of social media sites that allowed predators into the homes of children and parents everywhere. We didn't even see it coming. By becoming more connected than ever before, it also allowed strangers from all around the world to access kids that didn't have the forethought to protect themselves. In 2007, 15-year-old Australian Carly Ryan was lovesick over her Texas-born musician boyfriend, Brandon. Carly was a scene kid who enjoyed MySpace, so it wasn't surprising for her to fall in love with this 18-year-old young man who listened to the same bands as she did. Carly had no idea that the hours upon hours of chatting online and on the phone weren't actually with Brandon, but 
with a 50-year-old balding predator who had his eyes set on her. This monster was bold, traveling to her hometown to attend her 15th birthday party before luring her to her untimely death. This is the story of Carly Ryan, a beautiful young girl who trusted far too much and would become the first person in Australia to be killed by an online predator. So let's jump right in. Carly Ryan was born on January 31st, 1992, to her mother, Sonia, who was a young mother at only 20 years old. Sonia was single and would go on to raise her daughter on her own, so Carly and her mother had a very close bond. In an article from the Australian Women's Weekly, Sonia would say, quote, In a strange kind of way, Carly saved my life a number of times and gave me purpose when I was a young woman. We've just always had this really strong bond. We always had each other. Carly and her mother lived in Stirling, South Australia. Carly didn't have a relationship with her birth father, and he would pass away when she was little, so she didn't really have a chance to get to know him. She really only had her mother to rely on. They had the kind of relationship where Carly felt like she could confide in her mother for anything. Sonia felt like she knew everything that was going on in Carly's life and that she had a handle on it. But this was the early millennium, and most parents at the time were seriously not equipped to handle the floodgate of dangers that opened with all of these new social media sites popping up. As a teen girl, Carly spent some of her time on an online website called RateMyBody.com, which is exactly what it sounds like. A user would post a picture of themselves on the forum for other users, who were strangers online, to rate their attractiveness. She also spent her time on a site called VampireFreaks.com, which had a clothing shop with emo goth-type clothing, and they had a social networking component. Can't say I've actually ever heard of that one before. The majority of Carly's time would be spent on the social networking platform, MySpace, which was the leading social media site before Facebook ever really came into existence. Her profile highlighted her alternative style. She was just beginning to explore a more emo, goth image, which was reflected in her dark clothing and makeup, all documented in her numerous selfies, as teens do. Carly made a ton of friends online on MySpace, but none of them compared to an 18-year-old boy named Brandon Kane. Brandon was a young musician, originally from Texas, but now living in Brisbane, Australia. Carly and Brandon hit it off immediately. They had all of the same interests, and they liked the same bands. What started off as a friendship would quickly turn into a budding online romance. And it wasn't a secret. Carly told everyone who would listen to her about her boyfriend, Brandon, who went by the username Corrupt Koala. Her mother, Sonia, had heard all about him because he was a big part of Carly's life. They spent hours upon hours chatting both online and on the telephone. Sonia would peek over Carly's shoulder every once in a while when she was chatting with him, and she didn't see anything that would raise any alarms. Carly and Brandon had even video chatted together, and Brandon appeared to be who he said he was. The teens would maintain their relationship for 18 months, which in teen years, that's like forever. Sonia didn't hear any warning bells going off with this online relationship that her daughter was having, 
but she did notice something that felt kind of off, and she confronted Carly about it. Brandon had introduced Carly to his adoptive stepfather named Shane. Later on in their relationship, Carly began talking to Shane more frequently, sometimes as often as she did with Brandon. When Sonia would ask her daughter about it, Carly would assure her that everything was fine, Brandon was just really close to his stepfather, and wanted her to get to know his family. She promised to tell her mother if anything felt unsafe, so Sonia let it go. Then, in February of 2007, when they were celebrating Carly's 15th birthday, something really strange happened. Unfortunately, Brandon wasn't going to be able to travel from where he lived in Melbourne to where Carly lived in Sterling to celebrate with her. They lived about eight hours by car away from each other. However, Brandon's father, Shane, was going to be driving through the area on his way from a work trip, so he could stop by to drop off some birthday presents that his son had purchased for Carly. When he showed up at Carly's family home, Shane was wearing what looked like a work uniform. It said security on the front of the shirt, so his story sounded legitimate, like he was on his way home from a work event just in the area, so he figured he would stop by to drop off those presents. Reading this, immediately my creepometer would be going crazy, but Shane presented himself well. He was just a dad, stopping through on his way to go somewhere else, to do his son a favor and deliver his girlfriend her birthday presents. They were going to be celebrating Carly's 15th birthday the following day with friends and family, so Shane, he was actually invited to stay the night at the family home so that he could join the party the next day. Personally, I cannot imagine myself ever doing something like this, but I'm really not great with strangers. Could I picture my husband allowing someone like this to stay the night at our house? That's very possible. Allegedly, Shane is the father of Carly's longtime teenage boyfriend, Brandon. Though the couple has never met, they have maintained this online relationship for over a year now. Brandon and Shane's stories always seem to check out, so Shane, he was allowed to stay the night there. The following day was Carly's 15th birthday party, and her friends and family were all coming over to celebrate. This is when Sonia noticed some really bizarre behavior by Shane. He started to introduce himself to our entire family and just acted like Brandon's family. He didn't sit right next to her. He didn't do anything out of the ordinary while he was around for her birthday, bought her gifts. And then over a little more time, I caught him look at her up and down in a really creepy way. And it sent a shudder through my body. And I had a mother's instinct that was like, oh God, something is wrong. He almost seemed possessive of Carly, like a jealous boyfriend. He showed her far too much attention as the father of her boyfriend. Carly and Shane even went shopping together, which again is really strange and I don't understand why this mother allowed this, but she was completely blindsided. But why is this 50-year-old man hanging around with his teenage son's online girlfriend? One morning, Sonia walked into her daughter's room to find Shane lying on Carly's bed with her, pretty much right on top of her. Now it was clear that something wasn't right with this Shane guy. It was time for him to get the hell out of there, and so Sonia told him that he needed to leave the house. Once he was gone, 
Carly would tell her mother how Shane had made sexual advances towards her while he was there. He had tried touching her inappropriately and kissing her, but Carly rejected him, telling him that she loved Brandon, his alleged son. She also learned about the birthday presents from Brandon, lingerie and a nurse's outfit, totally inappropriate for anyone to buy a 15-year-old girl. This is when Sonia really opened her eyes to what was happening to her daughter. She didn't know who this Brandon kid was or what the deal was with his father Shane, but she was going to keep a much better eye on what Carly was doing online. However, as most parents with teens know, if there is a will, there is a way, and they will always find a way to do the things that they're not allowed to do. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in True Accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors Fresh, Never Frozen Meals that are also dietitian approved. No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon, because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, 
I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Carly was banned from her social media accounts. Her cell phone was taken away, and Sonia emailed Shane to tell him not to contact her daughter ever again or she would go to the authorities. A couple of weeks would pass, and Carly seemed to be handling things well. Little did Sonia know, Carly was still communicating with 18-year-old Brandon Kane. Only, it would soon be revealed in the most horrific way that Carly's teenage boyfriend, Brandon, never really existed. Only when it was far too late to save Carly. On February 19th, 2007, Carly told her mother that she was heading out to see some friends, and she'd be gone for the evening back in the morning. Carly was all dressed up. When Sonia hugged her daughter and said goodbye as she walked out the door, she had no idea that it would be the last time she saw her daughter alive. Sonia would later say, quote, It wasn't until she was at the door that she kind of looked at me in a funny way, and I thought, give me a hug. So I gave her a big hug and then she wanted another one, and then she wanted another one. And then by the end of it, we had four hugs at the door. And then she goes, love you, mom. And she just skipped off the veranda. When Carly didn't return home by the following day, her mother knew that something was wrong, and she called the police. It would not take long for them to find her. Later that morning, Carly's lifeless body would be discovered floating face down in water at Horseshoe Bay. Her body was in terrible condition. It was apparent that she had been brutally beaten. An autopsy would reveal that 19 different injuries contributed to her death. Ultimately, she died from a combination of being beaten severely to her head, drowning, and the use of sand to suffocate her. She had also been sexually assaulted. Security cameras in the area would reveal that, shortly before she died, she was seen in the area with two unidentified men. A witness would report seeing her alive with these two men near the beach at around 9.30pm that night, just before her body was discovered. The two men were seen getting out of a light blue vehicle, which would be used to track down exactly who they were. 11 days after Carly's battered body was discovered, police would arrest 50-year-old Gary Francis Newman and his teenage son, who has not been identified in court records due to his age at the time of the murder. Gary Francis Newman was Shane, the supposed father of Carly's boyfriend, Brandon, a completely fictitious character that Newman made up in order to lure teenage girls from the internet. He had used his teenage son to speak to these young girls on the phone and ultimately to convince them to meet up in real life. 
Carly had rejected Newman, aka Shane, when he made advances towards her at her birthday party, calling him an old, fat, bald man. When he had returned back to Melbourne feeling defeated, he came up with a plan to get Carly to meet up with him once more, and this time, he used his teenage son to seal the deal. Unfortunately, Carly was just too tempted by the prospect of finally meeting her online boyfriend, Brandon. Brandon, who presented himself as this handsome, American-born musician. She thought that she was in love, so when this pedophile and his son asked Carly to finally meet Brandon in real life, she said yes, despite having that horrible gut feeling that something was off, despite all of the blaring red flags that happened at her birthday party, despite having to lie to her mother, knowing that something was wrong, she met with them. Many adults don't have the foresight to know when they're putting themselves in dangerous situations. Teenagers, even less so. They think that they're invincible. Carly never saw this predator coming for her. Carly's mother, Sonia, was completely shattered, ridden with guilt when she found out that her beautiful daughter had been murdered. She thought that she knew what was happening in Carly's life, that she had instilled enough doubt in Carly that she would be cautious. Now, she had to come to grips with what had happened to her daughter. Even though it hadn't even been two weeks since he had killed Carly, when the police raided Newman's home, he was already in the middle of chatting with another 14-year-old girl online. A search of his home revealed a notebook detailing over 200 different aliases that he had used to chat with all of these teenage girls online. Brandon and Shane, those were just two of the names that he was using. He had pages and pages of different usernames and passwords, along with fake names and ages. Shane didn't exist. He didn't work at a security job or have a teenage son named Brandon. In reality, Newman was a divorced father of three with an obsession for teenage girls. For the last several years, he had been living in Melbourne with his 17-year-old adopted son, who he would use to bolster his story by getting him to talk on the phone with these young girls. Now, he had used his son to lure Carly away from her computer and get her to a secluded nearby beach. It's unclear how much of a role that this 17-year-old played in the sexual assault and murder of Carly, but it is alleged that at the very minimum, he would have helped his father to incapacitate her. Initially, Newman denied killing Carly, saying that he had never even met the teen girl. But that was an obvious lie. There was a treasure trove of evidence to show that 18 months of communication happened between Carly and Newman. All of the social media messages and lengthy phone calls would come back to haunt him. But what about those video chats? If Brandon was never real, how was Carly able to chat with him on video? As it turned out, this old man actually knew a thing or two about technology. There are programs that you can use to make it look like you're on a video call, but it's actually just a pre-recorded video that's played on loop. Newman would use videos just like this with a teenage boy where it looked like he was sitting there talking and typing, and Carly would have believed it. At trial, 
Newman had to admit that he had been communicating with Carly. There was just too much evidence to say anything different. But he claimed that there was no intention of anything sexual. He said that he was like a stepfather to her. He simply wanted to be there for her in that kind of fatherly role. All signs pointed to that was a lie. And on January 21st, 2010, three years after Carly had been killed, Gary Francis Newman was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison with no parole for a minimum of 29 years. As for his teenage son, who in some capacity assisted in Carly's murder, he was cleared of all charges, and his identity has remained anonymous to this day because he was a minor at the time. And I absolutely hate this fact. There are some crimes, like this one, where the act is just so monstrous and horrible and violent that I do not care if they were a minor when they did it. In my opinion, public protection is far more important. The judge presiding over the trial would get a jab in at the end, which I can appreciate. He said, quote, Gary Newman deserves a life behind bars for his grossly perverted plan to deceive, seduce, and murder Carly. It was a terribly cruel thing you did to this beautiful, impressionable 15-year-old child. I say child because that's what she was, a child that fell in love with the idea of the handsome, musically inclined, and rather exotic Brandon Kane. The real man was, in fact, an overweight, balding, middle-aged pedophile with sex and murder on his mind. Initially, Gary Francis Newman's name was suppressed in the media in order to protect the identity of his son. But once it was revealed who had killed Carly, his ex-wife came forward with some more shocking revelations. According to Newman's ex-wife, he would violently assault her on multiple occasions, including one incident when he beat her up when she was 15 minutes late home from work. He controlled every aspect of her life, including banning her from ever getting a driver's license. He also allegedly tried to get their young daughter drunk and then sexually assault her when she was around Carly's age. Thankfully, this woman and her children were able to get away from Newman. Unfortunately, he went on his path of destruction, continuing to shatter lives. After Carly's murder, her mother Sonia would try to move forward with something positive in her life. She started the Carly Ryan Foundation, which offers a certified online safety program that delivers online safety and healthy relationship seminars to both students and parents. They also developed an online safety app called Thread, not to be confused with Instagram's threads. Additionally, the Carly Ryan Foundation has lobbied for change that would help prevent this from happening to future teens. In 2017, Carly's Law was introduced. According to the Carly Ryan Foundation website, Carly's Law will make it a crime for an adult to use a carriage service to commit an act in preparation for, or planning to, cause harm to, or engage in, or procure sexual activity with a minor. Importantly, this will include those who misrepresent their age. This is a law that will quite literally save lives because it allows police to charge someone for engaging with a minor in an inappropriate way online before they actually act out and meet the person. 
they can be charged simply for misrepresenting their age online. If you have a child or a teen at home, check out carlyryanfoundation.com. They have this tab on their website. It's listed as resources. And on that page, they have these fact sheets that have details on all of the most popular social media apps for kids, like Roblox, which my kids play all of the time. These sheets list the common dangers of each specific app and how safe they are for your kids. They have a lot of useful information for parents who struggle to keep up with the latest technology. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. So check out CarlyRyanFoundation.com. We all want to thank the best of others. Most of us can't imagine the elaborate lengths that a predator will go to in order to lure a child off the internet. Yet it happens every single day to kids from broken homes and even those in happy, loving families. I'm ending Carly's story with a quote from her mother, Sonia, which she said in an interview with Mamma Mia Australia. She said, Nothing could have prepared me for what happened to Carly, but what I can do now is take that trauma and horrible experience and try to make sure that what happened to my daughter doesn't happen to another innocent child in the future. That's really all I can do. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. I post things on TikTok if you're interested, Serial Napper Nick, and that's all one word, or I'm on YouTube. If you're not aware, all of Serial Napper episodes are posted in both audio and video format. All my videos are over on YouTube, and if you're watching YouTube already, I would love if you can give me a thumbs up and subscribe. Until next time, sweet dreams, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye.